1: And good Monday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of the Grind. Excited to be back in studio. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, I did uh, mowing set aside. I had a great weekend. I'm uh, I'm not a yard man, as I'll continue to say. It's like my it's like my battle cry. No mow, but uh, but nonetheless. Uh, had a great weekend did some grilling did some did some bonfire some safe bonfire and uh and had a had a really good weekend i watched the original batman this weekend michael keaton is just a really unassuming batman like he's he's good he's really good i hope i hope uh in the list of those who've played batman michael keaton's at the top of y'all's list because he isn't mine i watched it again last night and he just unassuming, um, there was some moments in there that I was like, I didn't remember him being that kind of scaredy cat, but nonetheless, uh, got that out of the way. Jack, Jack, uh, always want to mess this up. Jack Nicholson, uh, is always, uh, the great joker. Um, uh, I didn't realize how much it was, uh, makeup before, but it was makeup. Uh, so got that, uh, got that realization as an adult yesterday that, uh, these things weren't as crisp as I remembered them, but uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, we digress off of what the day's topics are going to be. Couple big things happening in the world of sports: Kara Lawson hired as the Duke Blue Devil, Lady Blue Devil, uh, head basketball coach. Uh, a good little, uh, good little step up for for Kara. She's been currently an assistant on the Boston Celtics team, and she'll now lead her own regime, her own program. Uh, there in Durham. So the Duke Blue Devils, Lady Blue Devils have hired Tennessee's WNBA guard, Kara Lawson, and has, has set this up uh, for her to be the fifth head coach in Duke basket, Lady basketball history. Uh, if you look at it, uh, the, the history of Duke Ladies basketball is one to be talked about, and we'll do so just out of the gate right here. We'll start off with this, but in the show today, if you're just wanting to see if this is something you're wanting to stick around with, we're going to talk about the Redskins. We're going to talk about the the announcement supposedly coming today that the name will change. Uh, yet to know uh, what what the name would be, maybe maybe throughout today's show we can get some uh, some ideas, some ideas. I, I've heard some really good ones. Uh, I've said some really good ones. So we'll uh, we'll hash all those out together. As we look at what the Redskins could look like, what they could be, what their name could change to, and what makes sense, honestly, um, as you're you're sitting there in Washington D.C. and and you're you're where you are in the nation's capital, so we'll we'll uh, we'll kind of you know we'll we'll look through that and see what that that could look like, and then of course 54 days until it's football time in Tennessee, we'll dive right on down the list. Abe Shires, Bob Johnson, just to name a few. And Brian Erlacher is an NFL Hall of Famer at number 54. So we'll run through all of those greats and then talk about the year 1954 and who were champions in that that very year. But let's open it up with Duke hiring Kara Lawson as, a, uh, as their women's basketball coach. Lawson, 39, has been an assistant with the Celtics before taking over for Duke. She'll pr- replace Joanne mccauley who announced on july 2nd that she would not return for her 14th season she had entered the final year of her contract without an extension she said well it's a dream come true for me Uh, this is carol lawson in a statement says i've wanted to be a coach since i was a kid to have an opportunity to lead a group of young women at a prestigious university like duke i have run out of words it's unbelievable very exciting everybody i spoke with had a chance to interact with I immediately felt, felt a great connection. It wasn't a decision based on emotion, but there was a lot of emotion involved, uh, because of how excited I am and how ready I am to get started and go to work with the players. Uh, if you look at it, uh, Kara, Kara's had a long career, you know, I, I just, it seemed like it's been so long since, since, uh, since she played, but, uh, you know, it's really, it's really not been that long. I was watching this weekend. I was watching ESPNU, and you know they had. It was in the day that they had kind of announced the the decision, and they had played the Jimmy V Week 2002 Lady Vols versus Lady Blue Devils uh, basketball game. And and I watched just a little bit of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I'll be completely honest, but I'm just sitting here and I'm like. 18 years ago player now you're you're leading an ACC franchise Well, franchise university what have you uh it's just it's a long uh it's a long take uh from that she's been a, a WNBA champion she's been a national champion uh, she's been a been all the the accolades that you would ever want you look at it named of course the uh the the women's coach there at Duke uh, I think it's funny. On her Wikipedia, it's got height, weight, like she's uh, you know, she like she's about to hit the floor again. But uh, as a player, uh, she she of course played from 03 uh, to 2015 in the WNBA: Sacramento Monarchs, Connecticut Sun, uh, in the Washington Mystics, uh, and then of course has started in her coaching career last year with the Celtics, and then now is named the head coach at Duke. A WNBA champion in 2005 she was an all-star in 2007 she was a two-time Kim Perot sportsmanship award winner and a Don Staley Community Leadership award winner in 2013. she's a gold medalist in the 2001 Beijing uh, Olympics and then or I think that's supposed to be 2008 but uh, she played in the, the ladies basketball era and uh, and was really 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 good in that in that perspective. In her college career at Tennessee, she played 143 games, 1,950 points, averaged nearly 46% from the floor, 41.5% from three-point line. Uh, She averaged 4.3 rebounds per game, 3.2 assists per game, 1.2 steals per game, and averaged almost 14 points. So... Uh, a really good career when you look at what she was able to do uh, at Tennessee. She was the fifth overall selection by the Detroit Shock in the first round of the 2003 WNBA draft. But five days later, she was traded to the Sacramento Monarchs in, in exchange for H- Kendra Holland Corn and a 2004 second-round draft pick. Two years later, Lawson would be a key member of the Monarchs 2005 championship team. And then, like I said, in recent years, Lawson has been involved in broadcasting uh, during the WNBA offseason, doing commentary for men's and women's basketball and Sacramento Kings games. Uh, Lawson was a free agent when the Sacramento Monarchs folded prior to the 2010 WNBA season, but later signed a three-year contract with the Connecticut Sun. And on March 12, 2014, Lawson was traded to the Washington Mystics for Alex Bentley, who was originally traded to Washington through the Atlanta Dream, but if you look at at what Duke has looked like over the the last long time, that like I said, Carol Lawson's their fifth coach. So I was sitting here and I was like, really? So I'm like googling and Wikipedia. This is if I'm wrong, it's on them. It's totally their fault. Uh, but when you look at Duke, uh, they started in 1975 with uh, with Emma Jean Howard. Their first basketball coach, Uh, she she was a she kind of got the the upstart going. They were an independent that those first three years seventy five through seventy eight. They got two wins, twenty six losses overall. Uh, Not necessarily where they wanted to be. Uh, They made a change. Debbie Leonard uh, became the head basketball coach there seventy seven, and she stayed till nineteen ninety two. Had an overall record of two hundred twelve and one ninety. Had a lot of NCI. NCAAW tournament appearances, and then in 1986-87, made it to the NCAA second round play-in game. Again, continuing to build the overall uh, mantra. At that point, they got into the ACC during her tenure, and then Gail Ghoster, course uh, ACC 92 to 2007. She took them to new heights as she won 396 games and lost 99 a really nice tenure there as she three, six, nine, 12, 13 straight NCAA tournament appearances uh, made it as as deep as the final four went to the final four two years in a row uh, as in 01 02 and then again in 0-2, uh, just a just a really nice group right there and then Joan Joanne McCauley, who who Carol Lawson will take over for uh, continued that streak so she had 13 straight, three, six, seven, eight. So 21 straight years of making the tournament. They miss it in 15, 16. They go back again and through 18 and then miss it uh, the year 2018, 2019. and then of course it was canceled this past season. But um, Joe McCauley did not get fired. Uh, she stepped away at, in the last year of her contract. Uh, because she did not have an extension. So I don't know the bad blood. I don't know what the deal is there. But nonetheless, it's water under the bridge for Carol Lawson as she is the new basketball coach and she is uh you, you know, a, a that's a key piece because if you look at it, uh with with uh with Kelly Harper being at Tennessee, with Carol Lawson being at Duke. You you've got uh oh, what's her name at Mississippi State. You've got a lot of former Lady Vols uh that uh that that is that are really doing their thing, and I'm trying to get this lady basketball. But anyway, a lot of former Lady Vols that are doing a lot. Nikki McRae, there you go. That's doing a lot of different things. You, you've got Caldwell there at LSU. There's a lot of former Lady Vols that were part of Pat Summit, the the tenure that was Pat Summit there at Tennessee that are now in coaching, and, and you can only hope that as this thing builds that 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 mantra can kind of stay and, and that that work ethic can kind of stay and that and that intensity can kind of stay. And Carol Lawson was a really good worker when she was at Tennessee. She wasn't necessarily always the flashiest. She wasn't the shooter. She wasn't the, the Kelly Harper dagger kind of shot person. But I'll tell you what, she's the one that rips down the rebound when you miss. She's the one that, that's going to feed it to you when you need it. And, and, you know, so I, I think that that look, if you look at guys who's just, who, who, guys or ladies, who have been a role player per se and, and become really good coaches. I mean, look at Steve Kerr. Now, granted, I'm pretty sure I could have coached some of those guys. I'm pretty sure you just roll the basketball to them and say, have at it. But, you know, you look at what they, what they've been able to do. And, and I think some of those role players become better coaches because they've seen it from a, uh, have to work a little harder than the other guy. Kind of platform. I don't know if that makes sense. I hope it does. But uh, Kara Lawson was always uh, one of my. I I just really liked the way she played. I like the way she did commentary. I like I liked what she did on network. You know coverage. Uh, just because she she's just real um, real thorough about the about the the game of basketball, and she's really good at uh, at picking up little nuances that I think are going to be key uh, to her uh, success. Hopefully. Uh, at duke university but lawson will be the first african-american head coach in program history Uh, she is also the fifth african-american coach in acc history along with syracuse's quentin hillsman virginia tech's kenny brooks virginia's tina thompson and neil ivy who took over at notre dame in april they're calling notre dame an acc team but thompson and ivy are also former WNBA players and a lot of people are giving Lawson some some slack, if you will, about not having a ton of head coaching experience or coaching experience at all. But but the way I've kept saying, when people ask, you know, do you think this is a good fit? I mean, she's played right up until the time that she got into coaching. I, I don't I don't really know what what else she could have done. Uh, my my thing is is you know, I think when you you're, you're Especially when you're in a, a infancy of a program, because granted, this program's been going since the, the mid '70s, but but when you look at it, this thing didn't get ratcheted up until the until the mid '90s. So I mean, this is still in the in the grand scheme of basketball, this is still a, a team that's that's needing shaping and need needing change. And when you when you say, well, how are you going to know this t- this decade or this generation's player? Well, it's, it's not real hard to say that, A, that, hey, I was just playing about five years ago. I know what the game looks like. I know what it takes to be a WNBA player right now. Uh, here, Here's what athletic director Kevin White said, the Duke's athletic director, in a statement. He said, a highly seasoned champion at multiple levels within the basketball landscape, Kara Lawson is the ideal fit at Duke University. He said, throughout the process, it became abundantly clear that her authenticity, passion contemporary vision and unwavering commitment to the student athlete experience uh, align seamlessly with the values of this institution with her high degree of emotional intelligence Kara's astute ability to connect with future current and former student athletes as well as the passionate and dedicated supporters of duke women's basketball will have an immediate and profound impact on the entire program uh yeah i think that that speaks uh that speaks volumes to Kara. You know, it's funny. You can't if you're attached to Pat Summit. Her her name will be in your biography. <laughs> it says the Tennessee player from '99 to 2003. Lawson played under Hall of Fame coach Pat Summit, leading the Lady Vols to NCAA championship game appearances in 2000 and 2003, losing to UConn in both of those games. Glad they brought that up. Glad they could bring that in. Uh, Lawson is on board of the is on the board of trustees at her alma mater. Uh, Lawson played in the WNBA from 2003 through 15, winning the 05 championship, as we talked uh, before. Uh, She takes over for Joanne McCauley, uh, who was 330 and 107 in her 13 seasons and was a three-time league coach of the year. Her team's won at least a share of the regular season title four times and three ACC tournament titles, while also making 10 trips to the NCAA tournament, including four consecutive trips to the Elite Eight. But with the arrival of the of Notre Dame and Louisville to the ACC, Duke's success began to wane. No pun intended. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils have not finished among the league's top three teams in the regular season in four of the past seven seasons. McCauley had taken over for Gale Gosterkors, who took over the Duke program in 92 and had seven straight Thirty win seasons, so uh, a little bit of recent success for Duke basketball for the ladies, and they'll uh, they'll hopefully continue that with Miss Kara Lawson. But I like the fit. I like that she's going to be at a program where she'll be able to mentor, be be mentored uh, by guys like Coach K, and and you know, be able to see uh, firsthand Cameron crazies, and and be able to be a part of something. Uh, that she can that she can build right now because again this is a program that's not far off Uh, this is a program as the the article said uh, and again credit to ESPN for the article but it's one of those deals where I think Kara Lawson if she can go in and work really hard can be really good really fast. And and I always think that's really good for for young coaches because a lot of times you know back in the day I mean if you look at Coach K if you look at Nick Saban if you look at, at any great coach you even look at Pat Summit those early years wasn't just turnkey greatness but it was okay because you were developing because you were you were doing good things it just wasn't going to the win loss category and 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 as the the years and as the decades have kind of rolled forward the clock has gotten faster and faster and faster on what success has to look like, how quick you have to turn success, and how quickly you have to to be on the top of the mountain. And so I'm hopeful that that Kara's going to go to a situation where, one, she can recruit really well and relate to her players extremely well, but also where she can have quick success to get some naysayers or doubters off her back. And uh, and I I think she will. I think being a part of the Boston Celtics, seeing what – what uh, Brad Brad Stevens can do uh, with that team and how he, he how he manages that, and then also with her her recent tenure in the WNBA, I think that's going to be a selling point for current and uh, and future players for Duke ladies basketball. But again, congratulations, Carol Lawson. A lady ball is a Division One head basketball coach once again. Uh, like I said, that that list is getting longer. Uh, ones that are associated with the uh, with Pat Summit is getting longer. And now Kara Lawson adds her name uh, to that very list. But, hey, let's take our first break of the day, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Washington Redskins supposedly announcing today that they will uh, will change their name. Maybe don't know what that's going to be yet. Maybe we give some ideas. Maybe we, uh, maybe we talk about it. But it draws to question, is any of the Native American-related names safe in sports? That goes for the Atlanta Braves. That goes for the Cleveland Indians. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it.
0: Your hometown alternative to ordinary sports radio, 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports.
1: Or go to DonnaCry.com. M-I-G is an equal housing lender.
2: 2020 has been anything but predictable. But there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100 or shoot us an email at info at WKBL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve.
1: Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out The Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time.
0: In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19, those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org.
1: Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one stop shop for everything the grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got golf iguanifarmsgolf.com, 970-7132. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Mariville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007. Or you can check out their work online, at 42SD.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or
0: online at 42SD.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did.
1: And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of the Grind this morning. As John Keim of ESPN reports, the Washington Redskins will officially announce that they will be changing their nickname. Though no new nin- nickname, while wow, that no new nickname will be revealed just yet, a source confirmed uh, Sunday night. It's been widely expected that Washington needed to change it and one source said Saturday that the announcement of a new name would come soon. Uh, Sports Business Daily, which first reported Monday's official announcement, reported that the new name would not be announced yet because trademark issues are pending. Uh, Last week, ESPN Adam Schefter reported that the franchise would not use any Native American imagery. Uh, Washington's logo of the American Indian chief had been designed by a Native American in 1971, uh, another source told ESPN that the plan, as of now, is to retain the, the franchise's use of burgundy and gold. Uh, Coach Ron Rivera had said the team wanted to include uh, the military in its new name as well. The franchise said on July 3rd that it would undergo a thorough review of its 87-year-old name, uh, that some viewed it as offensive. By that point, multiple sources said team owner Dan Snyder already was engaged in talks with the league about a possible new name. Uh, Multiple sources said the name would be changing, but there was nothing official from the team, but that looks like that has changed. Uh, Snyder had for years resisted any consideration to change the name, telling USA Today in 2013 to put it in all caps that he would never make such a move. What a difference seven years make. Uh, Some of who, who have worked for Snyder said they believed he would rather sell the team than use a new name. While it's uncertain what the new name will be, it is one of a source close to the situation said Snyder was excited about. Uh, Snyder has owned the rights in the Washington area to any possible expansion by the Arena League, uh, and he is expected to name uh, that team, the Warriors, even even attempting to trademark the name, uh, a quest he had abandoned. Uh, Snyder and the franchise were under more pressure to change Washington's nickname uh, after the protest against social injustice began following Uh, the may death of george floyd in minnesota within a few weeks after floyd's death multiple sources said snyder had been discussing the name uh, for several weeks leading up to that uh, with the league during that time a letter signed by 87 investors and shareholders with a total worth of 620 billion dollars was sent to sponsors such as fedex pepsico and nike asking them to stop doing business with the team unless the name was changed When that was reported in adweek.com, on July 1st, multiple people, including current and former employees, echoed the same thought. It's over. Most, if not all, were unaware that a possible change was already in the works. So, it's one of those deals. And, and, you know, there's all all the different FedEx, you know, signed a deal uh, worth $205 million to, to be the franchise, yada, yada, yada. So here's the deal what what do you go where where do you go you got burgundy and gold we got that part you're in you're in washington dc so i think the whole you know the the nation's capital the you, you, so ron rivera wants to involve the military I, i'm just trying to think of some names that make sense you know i don't mind the warriors the washington warriors i mean that's kind of cool i hadn't thought about that but that that kind of works you you could use the Washington Sentinels logo. Uh, I, I know I'm, I use that movie all the time, but it's just it's it's great. If you haven't seen the replacements, you should. Uh, you'll be glad you did. But so the Washington Warriors. Well, I mean, let's get some let's get some conversation going here. I, I like the Washington Warriors. Um, you got the Capitals, but uh, again, I think that that kind of taken by the hockey team. Uh, you've got the uh, you, you go completely away from it. Um. Uh, and, and and go go the animal route, which I I don't necessarily. I think that's pretty much polluted. Uh, and if you think about it in in the uh, in the professional ranks, you don't have many wildcats. You don't have many bulldogs. You don't have that that dynamic. But I I think whatever you do, you vet it at every angle. You you vet could anybody with with the least bit of uh, of interest. Could this could this be disturbing? You know, I, I don't I think when you do something like this, and especially for the reasons that you're doing it, you you need to kinda of pull the you, you need to flip every coin over. You need to turn all the cards. Because at this rate, um, you just gotta make you gotta make that, that dynamic clear. It it is, I think, gonna be a a a domino effect as the Washington Redskins have, have of course uh, made are making the change. Will announce today that they will make a change. Uh, other teams that that have uh, Native American relative names, uh, but of course are still uh, sitting with the the name currently on the the franchise. The Atlanta Braves, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Cleveland Indians, the Edmonton Eskimos, and the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning Super Bowl champions. The Braves have come out on in an article and said. They will not change the name. They are not changing the name. Said in an email to season ticket holders that they will not be changing their nickname, but will take further look at the future of the Tomahawk Chop. That's their uh, that's their take at the, as this very point uh, goes forward. But uh, the the Redskins is where we're sitting right now, and, and really, like I said, I'm really just I'm I'm interested in what the name could be because, I, like I said, when you when you make this change. It can't be uh to another name that's controversial to another group. You you can't you can't all of a sudden become a, a you, you know, because I feel like if you, you let's just say you use the Wildcats. I don't know. I don't know. You might have Pete all over you. Uh so you, you've just gotta you've gotta go down the road and, and find something that's and it sounds like they already have. It's a it's a copyright type deal. It's it's patent pending kind of deal. Uh, but I, you know, I don't mind, uh, like I said, I am kind of taken with the Washington warriors because I think it, you could, you could continue to somewhat have the same trajectory, uh, as far as, you know, the Redskins, the warriors, same colors, but yet it's, it's not so affiliated, uh, with, with native Americans. And here's the thing i i you know and I've said it before I felt like the washington Redskins did a lot uh in the way of of funding and 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 giving back uh to to Native Americans because of their name you know they they have this has been brought up several times and every time they do uh they give to to this to this um uh, to this benefit to that benefit and i understand that regardless of what you've given. Uh, if that's a derogatory statement to to some people, then then maybe there's some change needed. But uh, I I don't know uh, what what I think about this. I think it is a, a, a Pandora's box of sorts. I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see in future years the Atlanta Braves, the Blackhawks, the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, a lot of those things uh, become become obsolete. Uh, I mean, I think you're going to see. Uh, some push for for once if this makes it through and if this goes to pass then then you're gonna see a lot more of this uh, there's high schools and 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 colleges across the country that use use Native American or as they're calling it indigenous people uh nicknames that will that will systematically uh start coming off the books and 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 so i think is this a is this the card uh that changes the game i I mean I think so I think it's a big deal. I think this is huge. That one, Dan Snyder is willing to to make that change, and then two, uh, I think it's it's a start for something that's going to continue uh, to to kind of sca- scale scale uh, the the landscape across the country. But you know, I I don't know. Let's 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 see if there's a there may be one out there. Redskins alternate name, Redskins replacement names. Let's see. Let's see. There's already some out there. Uh if Washington changes Redskins' team name, here are some of the best options. Uh I like the possums uh because they play dead at home, get killed on the road. Uh, that's epic. Uh like <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't with these people. Um Yeah, the Washington possums. Why not? Uh, It says the effort to get Washington's professional football team to change its name continues on a quick pace. The franchise reportedly set to retire the Redskins' name on Monday. On Friday morning, team owner Dan Snyder opened up the floor internally for an official review of the name. Uh, Scroll on down through here. Some like the Braves. That would be interesting. I feel like you're just just delaying another change. This one is a no-go. I said, sure, it was a team's original name, but if the team is being forced to change its name because of the potential racist connotation, then switching to another name that has potential racist connotation doesn't seem like a wise idea. The same concept concept applies to just changing the name to the Skins. Uh, The Hogs, interesting, Uh, the Washington Hogs, uh, naming the team after the famed offensive lineman that helped power them to three Super Bowls in the 80s and 90s seemed like an interesting idea, and there's already a built-in affinity for the name from the fan base. Uh, but there is also far too much potential for different interpretations if you name a team the Hogs. Can't say I'd recommend this one. Our own Michael Bolin uh, su- suggests the Warthogs, which was the name of Washington's indoor soccer team, but in any variation of Hogs is going to win out, it's probably the regular style rather than the Warthogs. Wow, that, that's a CBS Sports um, article. The Red Redhawks. Uh, Miami of Ohio University helpfully suggests this one all the way back in 2014. While it would make for a smooth transition for CBS Sports Director Eric Kay, who is both a Washington fan and a Miami of Ohio alum, it seems unlikely the team will would choose to become the second uh, to make this exact name change, i.e., Redskins to Red Hawks. The Senators. Uh, that would be interesting because the baseball team used to be called the Sen- Sen- Senators. I wanted to say Sentinels so bad. Uh, this seems unlikely for a couple of reasons. First of all, the Senate has a, a, a disastrous approval rating, so I'm not sure anybody would want to root for the Senators. More importantly, the Washington Nationals still own the moniker Washington Senators, uh, so it wouldn't be able to ev- wouldn't possible. So it wouldn't be possible even if Snyder wanted to pay tribute to the city's original baseball team, unless he bought the name from Randy Lerner. But that seems even more unlikely. Here's a slew of of military names: Americans, generals, other military names. One one of the other teams in Washington is named the Capitals. Hey, Jason Ward literally dropped the Washington Generals. Uh, He said, naming the team after the Senate or the House of Representatives seems like a horrendous idea, but if it's based on in our nation's capital, so you know some people are going to suggest names if either the country itself or one branch or another of the military services. Personally, I think teams should be... Uh, much more creative, uh, this is this is this article that was being written. That's what the, the writer says. He says, you can name a team the Americans or Generals in any city in the country. The name should be specific to Washington in some way. I don't know that I agree with that, but I see where he's going with it. Here's one, the Bravehearts, Warriors, or Renegades. Uh, each of these names have the benefit of not changing the team's overall aesthetic too much. They could probably keep the spear logo, which actually looks really cool on helmets, for example. Just ditch the feather, probably. Uh, with the Renegades, the team also could keep the R logo uh, in, in place. They wouldn't have to change their colors. Fight song could easily be tweaked to replace one word uh, or another to, to keep these things rolling. This is probably the simplest route the team could go without making a drastic change. I like the Warriors. The Washington Warriors is kind of cool. Washington Renegades, I don't know. I feel like that was a Dallas XFL kind of take, and and you just leave it there. Uh, Somebody said the Red Tails. Uh, This is a name that won a design contest several years ago, and honestly, ain't too bad. It's a nod to the planes flown by the Tuskegee Airmen, an all-African-American squadron, and the fighter and bomber pilots who fought in World War II and were the first... Uh, African-American military aviators in the United States Armed Forces. Three of the first five admitted airmen were from Washington, which gives the Red Tails' name a specific connection to the city. They could keep the R logo uh, while also transitioning from a name with potential negative connotation to one with extremely positive uh, connotation that honors the city, the armed services, and Uh, African-Americans. I like the Red Tails. Uh, that's 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 a very interesting one, but uh, Jason Ward says the Washington Generals. Uh, I don't disagree with that one. Uh, I think I think if I had to pick, if I had to pick, what I would go with, it would be uh, the the Warriors, probably number one. I like I like that that take because again, uh, my whole take on this deal is 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 the the racial inequality and you know when my take on this deal is is if you want it to be racially equal then it doesn't need and i don't know that this is the right way to go but but i think it just needs to be it needs to be autonomous it needs to be that's not part of the decision because when you keep bringing in my opinion when you keep bringing race to the table then race is always going to be an issue does that make sense I think you know it's one of those deals at at all at all levels at all angles you got to quit seeing it. So uh I understand that that we can't get there. I understand we've got to remember the past and we've got to we've got to be able to be, be sensitive to that side but but at the same rate I think everybody's uh we've got to get to a place to where uh it's just not a marker. It's not a marker in conversation, it's not a marker in anything. And and I think uh, if you really want to see what that looks like, go go to daycare. Go go to young people because they don't see it. They don't see it. Adults see it. It's it's a trained response. So I think at that rate, I like the Warriors because I, I think at any rate, you want to talk about nation's capital, you want to talk about military, you want to talk about everything. Uh, when when people enlist in the military, they they don't they don't qualify uh, all those things. Uh, it's it's a it's a if you're in the army, it's you, you know you're you're just a. You're a grunt one way or another. You know, if you're, if you're in the Navy, you know, you're all on the ship one way or another. If you're, if you're a Marine, you're a Marine all, all the same. So I think at, at that rate, I like the Warriors because they all, you know, all races, all, all genders, all everything uh, fight uh, in one way or another for this country, and, and I like that way. But I do like the Red Tails. Uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, That's a I remember I went to, I think it was a Braves game. Uh, several years ago, and the 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 living members of the Tuskegee airmen uh were there for some reason. it was a, a commemorative deal and and I just remember looking down there and i said that's a lot of history right there, not only what they did in World War two and what they were able to to accomplish, but then what they've seen uh since then you know both the the injustices and the and the triumphs I think uh for from racial inequality and what have you, what they've seen the 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 two steps forward and the three steps back and the three steps forward and the two steps back the the slow uh, you know progression uh that has been uh that that scenario, and then now that to be able those remaining living members uh to be able to see uh to see some some further uh, push for that i I think all of those are, are very strong. Uh, in what they've been able to see. But but you know, the Washington Redskins will change their name. The announcements will come today. What they what they become, hopefully by the end of the week we'll know. But uh that's the that's the consensus out on the on the trek, if you will, uh, is that they uh they stick with the they're gonna stick with the colors. They're gonna stick with what have you, whatever they have. But I I think it will be something uh similar. I, I really do. I, I don't think they're gonna go too far out of the wheelhouse I think they're going to do something that keeps kind of the mantra that they are pushing, um, but at the same rate, it will uh, eliminate uh, the negative connotation that is uh, the Redskins. So uh, it is what it is, and it is pr- progress. It is future. It is it is what it is, and and you know it'll continue to go. And like I said, I, I'm interested to see what the next where the next push comes. Is that the Cleveland Indians? Is it the Kansas City Chiefs or is it is it the Atlanta Braves? I, I think you look that way, and uh, a lot of those will be in question. I think the Braves are, have, have took a stance at this point with season ticket holders saying they will not change the name, but I think time will tell how dedicated they are to the name. Uh, it, it'll be something that we've got to see, got to see how it works out. But ultimately, Washington is on the block at this point. What do they change? How do they change? And is it meaningful change? We'll talk about that a little more as it goes. But we're going to take a break when we come back. 54 days till it's football time in Tennessee. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. or go to donnacry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender.
3: The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no,
1: I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say I don't like social media, But I like podcasts. We've got those, too. You can download The Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com.
3: When the temps heat up, drive in comfort with the lowest prices every day on refrigerant from Rule King. This week's Rudy Special is a 12 ounce R134A auto air conditioning refrigerant for just $2.99. The other guys are $4.99. This is for a limited time, brands may vary and limit 12 per customer. For all your automotive needs, check out the selection and low prices at your neighborhood rule king, America's farm and home store.
2: 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So if you or your business would like to support these great student athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKBL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve.
0: We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports.
1: And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition. The grind as we look 54 days till it's football time in Tennessee, we count it down as jersey numbers, Hall of Famers, and then the year that was uh, what whatever number we're on. Uh, If you look at Vols number 54, Abe Shires is one that comes early and and has a pretty big shoes to fill uh, throughout the tenure of Tennessee football. He was a tackle on the 38 through 40 football team. Abe Shires earned his share of glory. As a member of the best lines to ever be at Tennessee, Shires earned All-American status his junior year of 39 when he was paving the way for a legendary backfield like Bob Fox, Leonard Kaufman, George Cafego, and Sam Bartholomew. Shires was part of an unprecedented and paralleled three-year stretch for the Vols where they went undefeated in three consecutive regular seasons. His blocking and tackling helped Tennessee to outscore its opponents 837-75, 837-75, to 75 and was crowned SEC champs each of those three years, 38, 39, and 40. Uh, player spotlight again for, for the number 54 would be Bob Johnson. He was a center from 1965 to 67, but hold right here with me. I know you're thinking a center, that's the player spotlight. But Bob Johnson left UT as one of the most decorated athletes in school history. Doug Dickey's first recruit struggled making snaps his sophomore year after moving over from the tackle position, but rebounded in his senior season to become an All-American in 66. As captain of the 67 Vols, Johnson lived up to his preseason hype and earned second-year All-SEC All-American nods with a unanimous vote. Johnson was awarded the Jacobs Trophy, given to the SEC's best blocker, and the Birmingham Touchdown Club named him the SEC's most outstanding linebacker uh, in 67. In addition, Johnson finished sixth in the Heisman voting as a center. Uh, Let that sink in for just a minute. He was the number one overall draft pick by the expansion team, the Cincinnati Bengals, in 1968 and went on to play 154 games uh, until 1979. Johnson was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame in 1989 and Johnson asked when he he was asked why he wore the 54 he says I wore 54 at UT because it was available but later the number became special to me when I wore it for 12 years uh, with the Bengals Uh, and 54 is the only number to have been retired by the Bengals so he uh, he cherished that number for for a long time after his pro days Uh, but at Tennessee it was just the one uh, that was available. But if you look at the uh, the jersey, who has wore number 54 for the Vols, Bob Fulton, 1937. Again, Abe Shires, 38, 9, and 40. Uh, James O'Brien, 41. Harry Coleman, 1942. Ja- Raymond Schleden, uh, 1944. Bill Grissom, uh, 1945. Joe S- Sable, uh, 1946. Russ-, Russ Doblestein, I feel like this is my, my best – uh, names list, 1948 and 9. Francis Hollahan uh, 1950, 51, 52. Frank Menendez, 1963. Chuck Aorio, uh, 1964. Bob Johnson, 65 through 7. David Brown, 1968 through 70. Eddie Wilson, 71 through 73. Robert Morton, 74 and 5. Rick Powers, 77 and 78. Rob Thompson, 80 through 81. Dale Jones, 82, 3, 4, 5, and 6, as uh, that would be the longest tenure, uh, 54 on this list. Uh, Dale Jones, a five-year guy. Houston Thomas, 88 through 90. Rodney Riddick, 91, 2, and 3. Daron Robinson, 95, 6, 7, and 8. Wesley Holmes, 2002. Eric Young, 04, 5, 6, and 7. William Brimfield, 08, 9. Jordan Williams, 11 through 13. And if you look at this year's roster, uh, the number 54 is Kingston Harris, a defensive lineman, 6'3, 302, redshirt sophomore out of uh, Orlando, Florida, by way of IMG Academy. But you look at Dale Jones, you look at Dale Jones, Bob Johnson, Abe Shires. Uh, you tell me another number that has three players like that. I'll wait. But it, it's it's a number that, you know, 54 is looked at as a big linebacker number. And we're going to talk at the NFL Hall of Famer. There's, there's some 54s in there that are heck of good linebackers. But 54 right now is held down by a defensive lineman. But you talk about Dale Jones. You talk about those couple interceptions against Alabama. You talk about the, the toughness he showed in 85 in the Sugar, Sugar Bowl and what he was able – I think Vinnie Testaverde may still have Dale Jones nightmares. I mean, I think, I think that's a thing. I think that's a big deal, and he and he's continued on and kind of teaching that passion. I think he's now, I want to say he's at Louisville. I think he's the maybe a linebackers coach at Louisville. I have to look that up, but Dale Jones is one that that you know he never was big enough, never was fast enough, never was strong enough. He just always got there, and I think that's a that's a strong point for anybody. And and you know listed as one of the best. I don't know, but I'll tell you he's one of those that worked the hardest, and I, I liked uh, I like talking about. Mr. Dale Jones, but you talk about Hall of Famers, the uh, to war, to wear fifty four Brian Erlacher. You know a lot of these guys that that we've talked about uh, over the last you know few weeks. I'm sitting here and and I've heard the stories and I've I've you know been able to to read about and you know I'm getting what I can get. Uh, but at the same day, I, I didn't watch these guys play. This is one I can say I did. Brian Erlacher said all I can do is go out there and play hard and try to help my team win, and that's what I'm going to keep doing. Uh, that's what he said in his bio. But when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2018, uh, he, he had a decorated career to talk about. One, he had hair at his at his enshrinement speech, something that I didn't think he had his whole career uh, when he played for the Bears. But Brian Erlacher, 13 seasons out of New Mexico, 6'4", 258. I don't know that I knew he was that tall. Uh, 258 selected as ninth player overall in the first round of the 2000 draft by the bears he was named defensive rookie of the year after having eight sacks two interceptions Uh, he was named to the associated Press's defensive player of the year in 2005 after helping the bears lead the nfl in fewest points allowed by posting 171 tackles 10 tackles for loss and six sacks a passionate team leader who also helped the bears to win four division titles 01 2005 and six and 2010 made four tackles and recorded two pass defenses in the 39 to 14 win in the 2006 NFC championship game uh, he ended up playing Peyton in the uh, Super Bowl that year and it didn't fare so well but he did uh, have a lot of more accolades uh, to, to have to put put there in the list career statistics 41 and a half sacks 22 interceptions. Scored five touchdowns, two interception returns, two fumble recoveries, and one touchdown reception. He was all pro five times, voted to eight different Pro Bowls, named the NFL All-Decade Team of the 2000s. From Pasco, Washington, uh, Brian Urlacher. He was just a force. You play the Bears, even when they weren't that good, you still had to know where 54 was. You still had to know where Brian Urlacher was, and he he played a brand of football. He, He wore the what I call the original style helmet. It wasn't the speed flex. It wasn't all the vents in it. It was just the Dick Buckus, like, slam to your head, big face mask helmet, and he just wanted to, to get across and, and, and splatter somebody, and he did that a lot. And Brian Erlacher got out when he needed to get out. 13 seasons was where he was. The decline had started and he wasn't going to let that impact his overall record. So 13 NFL seasons uh, was enough, and it was 13 that was well memorable and well fun to watch. But Brian Urlacher, the 54 in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that we talk about right here today. But 1954, Give myself uh, about a minute and a half uh, to go over some things. If you look at American football, the Cleveland Browns defeated the Detroit Lions 56 to 10 in 1954. It was in the Orange Bowl uh, that the Maryland Terrapins uh lost to the Oklahoma Sooners 7 to nothing and still voted as national champions by the AP and coaches poll. I bet you Oklahoma loved that one. They probably claimed that one also. They've got that Alabama thing going where they like to claim them when they don't win them. But anyway, I digress. But the Maryland Terrapins the national champions after losing uh, in the Orange Bowl to Oklahoma. Uh, when you look at, at basketball and baseball, the former Yankees great Joe DiMaggio marries actress Marilyn Monroe in a union of heavy publicized media stars. That happened in 1954. The St. Louis Browns moved to Baltimore, Maryland, becoming the new Baltimore Orioles. And then the World Series saw the New York Giants in baseball uh, win four games to nothing over the Cleveland Indians. Uh, so that was your baseball year of 1954 in basketball you saw LaSalle win 92 to 76 over Bradley to win the NCAA men's basketball championship and the Minneapolis Lakers defeat the Syracuse Nationals four games to three to claim the NBA championship a lot of things went on in boxing Rocky Marciana retained his world heavyweight title with an eighth round knockout of Bizard Charles A lot of things happen in 54, but we've run out of time. Don't miss Top of the Hour. More sports right here on WKBL. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.